0: Hey folks, Kay here. Uh, Just wanted to do a quick disclaimer before we go into the Rocky Horror Picture Show episode. Um, Sorry that this is late, first of all. Uh, Second of all, I wanted to be as upfront and honest with everyone before you listen to the show regarding the tone of this episode. This is not a standard tone deaf episode. It is quite a bit more serious, because I personally do not have a very good relationship with Rocky Horror Picture Show. A little bit of background, as you may know, I am non-binary. I was in the closet about it until a couple of years ago. This show, well, the midnight showing that I saw of it, at one of our local theaters is the reason why I stayed in the closet for so long. So I personally do not have a good memory of this show, and re-watching it reminded me of all those bad memories. So this show goes into that. Uh, This episode also goes into the creator of Rocky Horror Picture Show, who has had some... Very trans-misogynistic comments that I absolutely do not agree with, and it made this re-watch even worse. If you are curious about these comments, there is an article on Pink News that you can read. Um, I'm not going to say the name just because the name itself pissed me off, but... You can find it on Pink News if you search for Richard O'Brien. Um, that being said, if you happen to love Rocky Horror Picture Show, that's great for you. If you love the scene around it, the uh, type of the community that's built around the movie, great for you. This episode probably isn't for you. Um, and if, if you don't want to listen to this episode, that is perfectly fine. That is okay. Everyone has different views and that's kind of our philosophy with this show anyway. I just wanted to warn you before you listen, that way it doesn't surprise you, especially when you get to the second half of the episode. Thank you. And we hope that you enjoy.
1: Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf.
0: to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren, and I'm surrounded by toast and hot dogs. Kay, why? Oh, because instead of going to the Tower Theater and having a panic attack because of people, we're going to have our own Rocky Horror Show, Midnight Screening, here. Except not at midnight, and I'm not going to be shouting at the screen. So
1: you just wanted to recreate the... The panic of being in public, but in the privacy
0: of our own home. Exactly. So that's why you're wearing a corset? Yep. Yeah. Uh, wait. Why did you think I was wearing a corset? No reason.
1: Though that also explains why Latte is dressed up too.
0: Yes, who's a good riffraff? You are. Riff- you are. Riffraff? You'll see. You'll see. So, yeah, um we're going to pop your Rocky Horror Picture Show cherry and watch this cult classic in the comfort of our own home. As long as you keep the corset on for later. Okay, uh, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. It's it's kind of uncomfortable, actually, and I didn't think this through. Um, turns out there's a reason that people don't wear these much anymore. And my fat ass can't fit into it for very much longer. Mm, your fat ass. <laughs> so, um... Rocky Horror Picture Show is based on a musical, The Rocky Horror Show, by Richard O'Brien. Now, this is a throwback to be horror movies from the 30s and 60s, and it's complete with the whole couple get stuck in a strange castle plot device. Uh, Because there's the two different shows, there's Rocky Horror Picture Show and Rocky Horror Show, I'm going to focus more on the movie than the stage play, because we'll eventually do the stage play. So, which one is which again? So, Rocky Horror Picture Show is the movie. Is the movie. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes
1: sense. Picture Show, Moving Pictures. Okay. Yeah. And just Rocky Horror Show. Yeah, Rocky Horror Show is the play. And But they're basically the same. Like, in terms of like, same plot yeah, and songs. Yeah, same plot and songs, okay. different. Different presentation, yeah. given that one is film, which is a series of pictures, and the other is flailing people on stage in lingerie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that, um, as you know, there are differences between stage and film, so I'm not going to go into the entire theater history of the stage show with this presentation as I would normally, because, again, differences. There's things that translate to film that don't translate to stage and vice versa, as you've seen with, like... Uh, Rent is a good example with that one and as you will see in December with cats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that will be that will be an interesting one. God, it's the countdown to hell. <laughs> so, um, let's go into a brief history of the musical before I go into the history of the film. So Richard O'Brien was a B movie and sci fi buff, and he started writing this musical to keep himself busy in the winter during the early seventies. He Was an actor, but he wasn't doing anything at this time, so he just started writing the show, and he wanted to kind of mash up B horror films and sci-fi and the rock and roll of the fifties and those muscle man films and stuff, and just mash them all into one thing. Um, Now we've talked about this off mic and on the Discord a little bit, but even though there are themes that. LGBT themes, he actually didn't intend that to be the case, especially the themes for trans people. And to not get into his own views that he has stated in articles about trans people, that's not what his focus was. In fact, he kind of did it because of the glam era in the 1970s in England. Glam being the rock where the men had the long hair and wore a lot of makeup and stuff. It was a way, like, he he viewed it as a way for him to be himself more. In... But
1: fuck anybody else who wants to be themselves more.
0: Yeah. I I get really mad at the stuff that Richard O'Brien has said about trans women in the past, and I'm gonna try really hard <laughs> to not rant about it, but I will just say right now, the, the, uh, viewpoint on tone deaf is that trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary people are valid. Tone, there we go. Tone deaf would like to state our support for all
1: members of the LGBTQ plus community.
0: Yes. And ace people are valid too. Boom. said it. Mic okay. Drop. Mic drop. So, um, that, that wasn't the main theme for his show. It was more the glam rock, the sci-fi, all of that. Um, he got... Whoop, this is the issue with using my phone instead of the computer. Um, so he got Jim Sharman to direct, and this was while he was still working on the script. The script wasn't even finished yet. But uh, they had worked together previously, and... Um, then he got Tim Curry on board, and I'm going to totally butcher this, unless you want to read this as Tim Curry. <laughs> so,
1: do we want a female butchering of Tim Curry, or a male butchering of Tim Curry? You know what, I, I can butcher Tim Curry.
0: Okay, so right here well, we're... that's a terrible sound bite. Someone's... <laughs> so, starting at I'd heard... Okay, sorry, right here. <clears throat> and
1: do this as Tim Curry? Yeah. As best I can? Yeah. Okay, this is going to be really bad I'd heard about the play because I lived on Paddington Street off Baker Street and there was an old gym a few doors away I saw Richard O'Brien in the street and he said he'd had just been to the gym to see if he could find a, mu- a muscle man who could sing I said why don't you need him to sing ha <laughs> ha he told me that this musical was going to be done and that I should talk to Jim Sharman he gave me the script and I thought aha 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 <laughs> Boy, if this works, it's going to be a real smash. Ha-ha, ha-ha, ha-ha. <laughs> so I ad-libbed some of those lines. <laughs> I bet you can't tell <laughs> by Kay's laughter. I figured for Spoopy Month, might as well include the spooiest of clowns.
0: <laughs> from it, I will say that um. I still am more creeped out by Tim Curry's It. Granted, I haven't seen Bill's It yet, but um, Tim Curry's still just the image creeps me out more. Because he looks more like the type of clown that would murder. I like Tim Curry a lot. Mm -hmm. Tim Curry
1: has been in some interesting garbage he has played some interesting roles, and he's played some horrific roles. Mm-hmm. I like Tim Curry. I don't like every role he's in, and I already have a feeling I'm probably not going to like his role in our upcoming show. This this might be my least anticipated show that we've reviewed. Mm-hmm. I have never once had the desire to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Yeah. and uh,
1: I'm still yeah. amazed that your
0: mom had it, so... <laughs> she
1: well then again it came out when she was in high school i think she said yeah and she remembered going to see it and being like Mm -hmm. enjoying it you know yeah Um, but i i just i am not my mother
0: no you're uh, not
1: (laughs) and i'm not uh not super excited for the show i'm sorry that's okay
0: i love you I, i love you and i love our listeners It's okay, because I'm not super excited about this one either. This is a journey together. (laughs) This is a journey together. So, um, fun fact, though. I like fun facts. This show was not originally called Rocky Horror. It was actually called They Came From Denton High. But Charmin was like, no, let's change the name. Yeah, good call, because that is a
1: dumb title
0: and it was it was sort of like throwing back to the it came from yeah. outer space Yeah, I get the feeling that that was what he was going with but Denton High I mean that it it makes sense for like where the thing takes place but you know it does not uh roll off the tongue No, it doesn't. A. And Rocky Horror Show is kind of more like a what the fuck is this about rather yeah. than and it would make you turn your head and go, I think I'm going to go see that. Rather than it came from Denton High, like, okay, whatever, another fucking B-movie. So, the show premiered on June 19th of 1973 in the Royal Court upstairs. So this was a 63-seat theater.
1: Okay, so a pretty small theater.
0: Yeah, and this is on the West End. So, didn't premiere in the U.S. yet. Uh, And it ran until July 20th of that year. And Tim Curry was basically instrumental in how uh, his character Frankenfurter would be played. <laughs> yeah, his name is Hot Dog, Doctor Frankenfurter, Doctor Hot Dog. Mhm. <sighs> okay. Yep, and uh, he it said that he wasn't playing him as just a quote unquote a queen, but as the Queen of England. So he's like making her making frankenfurter very posh and
1: i one of the scenes that i have seen Tim tim curry leans so heavily into this role mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm yeah goddammit
1: okay keep
0: going <laughs> you're fine so the initial run was successful enough for the show to be moved to the chelsea classic cinema uh, from august 14th to october 20th of 73 and then it was moved again to the king's row theater which was a 500 seat theater um and that ran from november to march or november of 1973 to march of 1979 and then it moved again to the comedy theater and this time so this whole time it's a one-act show really yes just one act once it moves to the comedy theater, they split it into two acts.
1: So when you say that, when it's a one-act show, when I hear that it's a one-act show, I think that it's a small, it's a smaller, shorter show. You're saying that they just did the whole thing. They just did the whole thing No in breaks. One act. Just,
0: just basically. No breaks. And the, the, that is a thing that happens. Like some shows, they will just do the full show with no intermission. Um, intermissions are just a courtesy to the actors and the audience. Yeah, I
1: was gonna say, I mean, we sit through, you know, two and a half hour movies (laughs) Mm -hmm. without a break. So, I mean, it's not unreasonable, I would say. Yeah. But at the same time, I do get why they give the actors a break.
0: Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, I do wish that intermissions would come back into vogue in movies. But that's just because I like those. And sometimes you need a little bit of time to digest what you've seen on the film. So, yeah, there's... My point of view. (laughs) Anyway, so um, like I said, we'll talk more about the stage play and its impact when we cover the play eventually, but um, since since this translates differently to film, I'm now going to kind of focus on what led to the film. So Rocky Horror hit Broadway in 1975, which is the same year that the film premieres. Uh, the film was shot in England at Bray Studios, Studios Elstree Studios Studios wow i can read and also on location at this Victorian gothic manor in Maidenhead called Oakley Court um this gothic manor was uh seen a lot in the Hammer films and uh it wasn't in good shape <laughs> when gotcha. they were filming uh it's it's i believe it's been restored um much of the cast from the London production returned to the film, including Tim Curry. But Fox Studios, who was producing this, was like, we want these two American actors as our main couple, Brad and Janet. So, <laughs> yeah. So they get Brad Bo- or Barry Bostwick as Brad, and Susan Sarandon as Janet. Really? Yes. Uh, not so fun fact, Susan Sarandon got pneumonia while filming. <laughs> Oh, poor yeah. Susan. Yeah. Um, with the stage shows, much like every stage production I've done, the cast did their own makeup. Oh, So okay. that wasn't the case with the film, because movie producers. So they got um, Pierre LaRoche, who did makeup for David Bowie and Mick Jagger, to do the makeup. And according to... Uh, a designer named Sue Blaine, this film was actually influential on the punk style. Because this is pre-punk. Punk Punk doesn't exist yet. But if you remember, fishnet stockings were big with punk. You had colored hair. You had kind of odd makeup with punk. A lot of uh, asymmetrical designs and things. That comes from Rocky Horror Show. And Rocky Horror Picture Show as well. So I have them to blame for that aesthetic. For for punk, yeah. (laughs) Um, And the costume designer, as I said, was Sue Blaine, and she didn't want to do this. (laughs) Curry was going to be there, so she's like, okay, well, I'll do it. But uh, she didn't research (laughs) what costumes to do to uh, emulate the B-horror sci-fi film, or feel of the film. So these are her own words. When I designed Rocky, I never looked at any science fiction movies or comic books. One just automatically knows what spacesuits look like the same way one intuitively knows how Americans dress. I had never been to the United how people looked there. Americans wore polyester so their clothes wouldn't crease, and the trousers were a bit too short. Since they, they were very keen on sports, white socks and white t-shirts played an integral part of their wardrobe. Of course, since doing Rocky, I've been to the United States and admit that it was a bit of a generalization. But my ideas worked perfectly for Brad and Janet.
1: You know, I love, I love the uh, the journey of her dialogue there. Right, where she's like, I didn't need to go learn anything because I already knew. And then afterwards, I've realized how wrong I was. But it's okay because it was my idea and it was a good idea. Yeah. So I, it just, I, I love when people brush up against.
0: Self-awareness, and they're like, I'm almost almost self-aware, but not quite. Yeah, so, um, the costume budget was more than the stage production's budget. Jesus, Uh, what? Because they were just (laughs) filming in one location, pretty much, right? Pretty much. Let me tell you what the uh, costume budget was. What? Well, actually, guess. What do you think it would have been? I
1: know that they're in a lot of lingerie, and I'm just sitting here going, you guys are scantily clad for most of this, if I'm just guessing. Uh, I would... Okay. I bet that the costume budget is way more than it has any right to be, and way more than I want to believe that it is. Yeah, you kind of have this twinkle in your eye of,
0: like, you're on the right course, Warren. $1,600. What? Yep. I mean, this is 70s money, but But still. still, um, $1,600 for costumes. Yeah, and the... The budget being such was because a lot of the costumes had to be doubled up on. There's going to be a scene with a swimming pool, and they needed two corsets. They needed one that would be in the pool, and one that would be dry for when they're shooting outside of the pool. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So things like that. Um, And these costumes, though, are ridiculously iconic. And at the midnight showings, you will see replicas of these costumes being worn. Oh, yeah. I... I... Being someone who has never seen this show,
1: mm-hmm. I have seen some images, and I, I it is iconic enough that me as an uninitiated can identify when someone's wearing... Some, A Rocky Horror. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because I look at it, I go, what the fuck are they wearing? And I go, oh, <laughs> it's from Rocky Horror. Yeah. So,
0: um, the... So, the lips in the opening sequence singing science fiction double feature are, um... Actually, they belong to Patricia Quinn, who plays Magenta in the film. Um, Did she get him back after filming? No. They, they had to film her scenes first, and then they took her lips off and made them move into making it look like she's singing science fiction double feature. But she's not the one singing it because they stole her lips. So, um, instead, it's Richard O'Brien singing science fiction double feature.
1: You heard it here, folks. The ability to sing comes from your lips.
0: Yes, not from your vocal cords. It comes from your lips. Kay is a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) So, um, the movie released on August 14th in 1975 in the UK and September 26th in 1975 in the US to small audiences. Yeah, I, that does not surprise me at all. In fact, <laughs> the small audiences led to the New York release being canceled at the <laughs> time. Because it just, people weren't going to see it.
1: It's freaking weird. Like, that's the thing, man, is
0: I can, I can understand. Because it's, it's considered a cult classic. So it's like one of those things. We're getting to why. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, I will shut up. I'm sorry. No,
0: you're fine. Um, So Fox tried to save the release by double-billing it with another film, The Phantom of Par- or *Phantom of the Paradise. But again, audiences were too small. And these were at college campuses that they were like going, we did this movie, we've got to do something with it. we got to make money off of it. Yeah. So, of all the things that could help save this movie, I didn't realize this. Reefer Madness is to thank... For creating the cult classic of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Because at this time, Reefer Madness is being shown in Midnight
1: Showings.
0: (gasps) Oh my god. Did they pair this movie with Reefer Madness? No, but they got the idea of let's release this at midnight. So April 1st, 1976 is the first midnight showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show. And... This, along with allowing guests to come in for free if they arrived in costume, started making it a cult classic. Then you have Shadowcast performing on this, performing the show live while it's playing on the screen in New Orleans and Pittsburgh. That adds it, again, another layer of making this into a cult classic, because this isn't something that's done, not even with shows like Reefer Madness at the time. And so that cements it not only as a cult, st- a cult classic, but also turns it into the longest-running release in film history.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <sighs> Tired people at midnight. <laughs> Snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Yes. Yes. Wow. And even though it wasn't intended... Originally, this film has a huge cult following in the LGBT community. Um, I don't want to get too spoilery, but um, Brad and Janet being initiated into this world of Frankenfurter and his wild castle and the sexual exploration in the castle kind of pairs up with the self-exploration of an LGBT youth. And then you also have at the midnight showings an initiation of Rocky Horror Virgins, which I luckily did not have to deal with because I watched it at home before going to see it because my ex warned me and was like, you will get brought on stage if you've never seen this before. Watch this at home. And I'm like, thank you for letting me know this. because yeah. I will die of anxiety.
1: Yeah, I would have been on stage dying of anxiety with you in yeah, that situation. So,
0: you know, anxiety ahoy there. Um, there are also themes of bisexuality in the film, as it had been in the 70s, which... <sighs> so, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this show because I saw it at this point in my own self-discovery where I wasn't yet Aware that it was okay that I was bi. I thought I had to pick a side and I also wasn't 100% Comfortable in my body. I'm still not but like I I, I Didn't feel good about my own gender identity and the fact that I was fluid and so This movie for a lot of people was a positive experience For me, it made me feel more like a freak. Hmm. Because I'm sitting here seeing people, and maybe it's the audience too, because when you're in Utah, granted there are a lot of LGBT folks in Salt Lake, but I kind of felt like my own, I wouldn't say androgyny, but my own gender fluidity was kind of a joke. And same as my own bisexuality. And as someone who, A, is on the spectrum, so it's hard for me to understand when jokes are being made out of uh, just pure joking rather than meanness. So it it was one of those things where I'm like, great, another thing about me that's wrong. And I do That's not the way that most people feel about this. That's just how I feel about it, which is why I feel very mixed about this show. Because, again, for most people, this led to their awakening. For me, it pushed me further in the closet. And further in the closet as a non-binary person, not necessarily as a bi person that was also helped by Rent, honestly, because... There's there's too much stuff in both of these shows that are kind of the biggest LGBT influences where bisexuality is akin to being a slut. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you can be monogamous and be bi. That's me.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's one of those things that I also grew up thinking that people who were bi were... Oh, well, they'll just just have sex with
0: anyone. Yeah, and that's not true. And so it was one of those things where I have a really hard time with this film because of that. And I don't want to step on anyone's toes because I know a lot of people have positive emotions associated to this show. A lot of people have um, positive memories and go, this is what made me know I was okay. I just didn't come away from it with that. I came away with it going, wow, people like me are a joke. <laughs> and especially then later knowing the creator's views on trans women, I side-eyed this show really hard.
1: From what you were telling me. Yeah. because yeah. it, it
0: was a pink news article in 2017. Um, Where Richard O'Brien was reacting to Caitlyn Jenner. And granted, I have my own problems with Caitlyn, but it's not with her being trans. And I I support her being trans because, you know what? Trans women are women. Mm -hmm. And whatever you need to do to not want to kill yourself, I am fine with i do not agree with richard o'brien saying the things that were said in that article and then it it seems like o'brien doubled down a bit in a daily mail one and i'm just kind of like man don't don't do that shit don't do that shit we are we are in this community together and we do not help each other by tearing each other down That's very, very well put. Yeah, so that's why I have a hard time with this show. It's very well
1: put and a thousand (laughs) times more diplomatic than I would be.
0: Yeah, it's it's why I have a hard time with this because I, I just I, I don't like feeling like I'm a joke. You don't like people
1: imply that you're wrong just for being
0: yeah because i dealt with that my whole life for being black being on the spectrum being not mormon not mormon being (laughs) non-religious it was one of those things that i dealt with that already and so i i just i side-eye people a lot in these sorts of situations that create things that they're like that they then say things like what Richard O'Brien said, and you guys can look up the Pink News article. I'm not going to quote it, because it pissed me off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely did.
0: It, it was one of those things I was looking at it, researching this, and I was, I was ranting to Warren for a while about it. So, um, anyway, back to the show. <laughs> there was an attempted sequel. Actually, a few attempted sequels. Now, when you say attempted sequel... Yeah. Is it like attempted murder? It's like... Well, I'll I'll get into it. The first one was Rocky Horror Shows His Heels. And this would have somehow brought back everyone from the first film, which, okay, I guess, because B-horror movies do that sometimes, even when they shouldn't be able to. Um, and O'Brien couldn't get Sherman to agree with it, and Curry didn't want to come back. <laughs> So <laughs> God I love you, Tim Curry. Thank you for yeah. agreeing to that. Yeah, not come thank back you. Thank you for not doing this one. I love Tim Curry,
1: but I I I know that I'm not gonna look at him fondly over the course of this movie just because
0: weird. Well and like then Sharman <laughs> and O'Brien do a movie called Shock Treatment which is the follow up to Rocky Horror, didn't star any of the leads and it did really poorly. I
1: was gonna say, if it if it's a sequel but there is no obvious connection to the past yeah. success in it, it it just seems like they're trying to quote unquote do a sequel, but really it's a completely different
0: Yeah. Movie. And sometime we'll probably watch that one, but Is eh. also musical? I believe so. Shock treatment? Yes. Which Again, I just go. Uh.
1: Yeah, on, given given the context of Rocky Horror Picture Show and the community that that gripped onto it, and then you're gonna have a sequel called Shock Therapy, Shock Treat, Shock Treatment. Uh, well, I mean, that's what the thing. Shock Treatment sounds a lot like conversion therapy. Or mm-hmm. let's let
0: sounds like what they were doing here. Let's, so let's fuck shock
1: that. Let's shock people until they behave yeah. in a way that we deem appropriate.
0: Maybe it's not that, but maybe it's not. I'm side eyeing it because. Yeah, I I don't trust easy. <laughs> um, so then O'Brien tried again with Revenge of the Old Queen, and that one never saw the light of day. That sounds like a sci-fi original. Yeah, and Fox still owns the script, and Disney owns Fox, so who knows what's going to happen. We get an animated version. <sighs> that, no,
1: I'm calling it now. That will be Frozen 3, Revenge <sighs> of the False Queen.
0: Fuck. No. First off, I'm mad that there's a Frozen 2. I didn't ask for it. It's not for you. It's for all the little girls. I don't know and, very many little girls And who,
1: adult women.
0: Yeah, that's probably more. Is, it's gonna be adults who are super into Disney, because, I don't know, like, even during Frozen Mania, I didn't know as many kids, and I was working birthday parties, so I was doing a lot of parties, I didn't know that many little kids who really were into Frozen, or at least into Elsa and Anna. Most of it was either Olaf or- Fuck Olaf. Yeah. Or there were a lot of the parties where they're like, no, I'm into Ariel, why are we doing Frozen? <laughs> I, I know
1: Disney now owns everything in the world. Uh, Olaf is the Jar Jar Binks
0: mm-hmm.
1: of Disney movies. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it right now. Olaf needs to die and go away forever.
0: I don't. I don't. uh That's why I'm sitting here going, we're gonna eventually cover the stage version of Frozen, and I'm just reading it, cause I love the music in Frozen, but yeah. it's been so overplayed, and then fucking Olaf. Ugh. Anyway, um, this isn't Frozen, but that is related to the rant about Disney. You who... know what we
1: need to do, Kay? We should need to let it go. Just let it go and move on. Kay is trying to throw daggers at me telepathically.
0: So a demo recording of one song from uh Revenge of the Old Queen exists, and the bootleg of the script has been circulated around the Rocky Horror fandom over the years, apparently. But I'm not in that fandom, so I don't know where you find it. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that it exists. <laughs> you like, I give neither shit nor piss about this. Exactly. So, let's talk a little bit about the midnight showings. So... <sighs> let's! The main drive behind the popularity of this was audience participation. Which I am not a huge fan of when I go to movies. And that's where my anxiety just fucking spikes through the roof. Um, so there's often shadow casts, as I said, acting out the movie. They're either in front of the screen, which my broken brain goes, sit down, or they're underneath the screen, which my broken brain goes, okay, I can decide what I'm focusing on. So I have a question that I may regret
1: the answer to. Mm -hmm. These shadow casts. Yes. Uh, are these actors playing the movie out while the movie's going on. Yes. So it's not just randos who go, I want to no, play this no. role. No, no,
0: it's not just randos. It's, okay. It is actors that have rehearsed everything. I so, guess that's better. Yeah, and it's kind of like what we found out is happening with the Little Mermaid broadcast, and I'm so bummed about that. You know, it just seems redundant. Why yeah, even do that? I, I can get it for the the purposes of this cuz it's just another layer on top of what isn't that great of a movie. <laughs> so that I'm like, okay, I get it, but I don't get why they're doing that with Little Mermaid. It it doesn't work that way. <laughs> if you're going to do weird shit with your shows, just don't don't shadow casts work for cult movies, not for Little Mermaid. I, and I would argue with
1: Kay, that uh, shadow casts don't work at all, because you go to a movie to watch the movie, and if you want to go to a play, you go to a play to watch the play. fair. to uh, keep them different. Keep them separate. It's, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like trying to go to a baseball game that's also a soccer game at the same time. Like, you're just going to step on each other's toes.
0: Well, not necessarily, because the cast is doing the same thing that's going on on the screen. It's just... Okay, Kay. It's uh, controlled chaos. Okay, Kay. It's like going to a baseball game where two different teams are playing
1: two different games on the same field at the same time.
0: Okay, that's a little bit more fair, I guess. Um, you guys see what I have to deal with with Kay? <laughs> so the audience is also encouraged to participate during scenes oh, god damn it that would drive me nuts the only one that doesn't send me into this horrible spiral of oh dear god what am i doing here is when you dance the time warp because that is an audience participation section and i'm like okay i i can and you'll see when we watch this that there is a part that lends itself to that but The rest of the stuff that I'm going to tell you about, I'm like, why the fuck? So, no,
1: that's going to be, I have a feeling that that's going to be the beginning of just about every line of my notes is, why the fuck?
0: So, the, the thing about Rocky Horror, the movie is, the movie's bizarre, but when I was watching it, I expected more crazy. You Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Just because of probably the hype that you had had? Yes. And at this time, I you know the stories of what Mama K let me watch as a child. <laughs> so Rocky Horror was bland to me. <laughs> it okay. was one of those, okay, this is a serviceable show, I guess. I don't really like the fact that I feel like I'm kind of a freak right now. And then when you go to the live showing and you have people... Shouting over things and throwing hot dogs at the screen and stuff, then it's like, okay Yeah, I feel even more like a freak. Thanks.
1: You you know, when I hear about that people throwing toast and hot
0: dogs at the screen, (laughs) oh I I Just I just think about the poor people who have to clean up and let let me get to that because it's not just toast and hot dogs They also will throw water toilet paper and rice at specific parts Um, and I seem to remember at one point plastic forks being included in the baggie that they hand you of stuff to throw at the screen during specific times. Um, not all theaters are doing this still because safety and also, uh, people cleaning up that and people pitching it a little too hard and breaking the screen. Oh. And so that, you know, at least that is starting to go out of vogue a little bit because Having things fly over your head when you're already prone to anxiety is not great. Um, also, there are callbacks or ad-libbed responses. Well, ad-libbed in quotes, because they're not really ad-libbed. Um, and I'm trying to remember them, but... So when
1: you say callbacks, are you saying that, like, people in
0: the theater have lines that they say to the screen? Yes. And... They are done at certain points, and if you do it wrong or at the wrong time, you get shouted down in the theaters if you're disrupting the film. <laughs> we are not doing those.
1: <laughs> no, no, we're not. Even if you are like, for
0: total immersion, no. Warren, we're no. going to throw hot dogs at the screen, I'd be like, no. No, we're not. No, we're, we're not, not, Kay. We're not fucking doing any of that. And The thing is, is that a lot of people like this, but... For people who get really overstimulated, it's hell. <laughs> and I get overstimulated easily. It's like, I don't I don't like that sort of shit. So if you guys like midnight showings, go on and see one. There's tower theaters doing it, and who knows how long they'll be allowed to do it since Disney now fucking owns this, because Disney owns Fox and Fox owns Rocky Horror and You know, enjoy it while it lasts because we can't fucking see Sunrise, a story of two humans at movie theaters anymore because fucking Disney. So I'm sorry. I'm mad about that. And even though I do not like midnight showings, I support to the death the right of people who want to go to (laughs) them. So, you know, if Disney's being smart, they won't do that shit. They won't pull it if they're being smart but they aren't what Disney will do is they'll see is
1: this profitable
0: yeah will we make money from this is it in our financial interest then what oh god actually this is probably what they'll do i'm calling it right now i'm putting it into the universe so that it doesn't happen <laughs> disney will see how popular these are and completely commercialize them yeah they will have the bags of things to throw at the film oh granted that you have to buy to go in, they will have... They will, like, sell the costumes in the crappy (laughs) Spirit Halloween type of costume every year for October. I'm putting this into the universe so that it doesn't happen. (laughs) Because I don't want people to have this ruined for them if they enjoy it. (laughs) So Disney better not fucking do that. Because they will have a lot of mad fans. I mean, I won't give a shit necessarily for myself, (laughs) but I will feel bad for the people that have to deal with it. My inability to not feel empathy for others. (laughs) Like, I I will feel empathy for other people and be like, man, that sucks, but hey, I'm not dealing with it myself because I'm not going anywhere near those showings because my anxiety will be through the fucking roof. Because people... Because people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's sort of your intro to Rocky Horror before we go see it. You've got history. You've got my author tracked on how I feel about it and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. so we won't be throwing toast at the screen. Uh, nor hot dogs. Nor hot dogs. Water, nor, nor water. Nor plastic forks. Nor, nor rice. rice uh no shouting at the screen I think one of them's damn it janet because that's a line in the show hey and it rhymes yeah it, I like it does it. <laughs> damn it janet and yeah i just <sighs> yeah and we won't be doing the time warp either because well i don't dance Yeah, and i'm not I, gonna
1: i can only do the white boy shuffle we've established this it mm-hmm. is canon mm-hmm God said it to Warren, you may only shuffleth like a white shuffle about like a white boy. <laughs> and Warren said, Yay, God.
0: Yay, God. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a dumb joke. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um Don't you ever apologize for being adorable. Aw, thanks. So yeah, we'll we'll go watch this. Um and who knows, maybe things will be better for me now with seeing this. I just, I still think about how I felt watching it whenever I think about this show. So, I don't know. And I, I'm i probably the odd one out with my emotions regarding it. because You know what'll be really weird is if we get done and we come in
1: here to record and I'm like, I loved it. I cannot believe I waited so long to see this show.
0: Hey, and if you do, that's great. That's great if you like it. I just know that I have very mixed emotions <laughs> with this show. And none of it's regarded to the company that I first watched it with. It's all regarded to the show itself and the fucking midnight showings. And Richard O'Brien. Because, yeah, everything else, I'm like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's just this, I don't know, it doesn't call to me. It does the opposite of call to me. <laughs> it pushes me away. <laughs> <laughs> it says, get the, fuck, get the fuck out of get here. Get the fuck out of here, Kay. This isn't for you. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so let's take a brief intermission, and we'll go watch some Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yay. <laughs> Hi, folks. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our Patreon sponsors. Thank you to our stage crew sponsors, Jasmine Wu and Reagan, and our producer circle sponsor, Bianucci. Thank you so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Now let's hear a word from one of our favorite shows, History on Blast. And welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up. So let's hop into the second act of the show. <sighs> okay, babe, how many shots are we doing? What, what did you think?
1: My, 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 This show was quite the untamed thing. An odd spectacle with an unnecessarily bizarre string of things to sing. Oh, yeah. My, my, my. My, 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 my. (laughs) I didn't like this show. Yeah, Uh, no, I don't blame you. So, I feel like I needed to... Okay, so, I would hope that you... As well as people who know me and listen by now would know that I have nothing but support and love for people of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. yeah. And I know that this show apparently is very important to many people of that community mm-hmm. for its perceived empowering tones. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I. Okay. I have something nice that I can say about the
0: show. Yes. It was not longer. Yeah. No, if it had been any longer, then I would have just been like, no, we're uh, not we're not doing I, this one ever. Cause
1: this 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 is one of those fantastic, perfect examples of how uh, not everything is for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I have seen this show. Mm -hmm. I can now say that I've seen this show, Mm -hmm. and when anybody asks me about this show, I can direct them to our review of said show. Yes. Because after this, Mm -hmm. I want to try and go a while, years even, Mm -hmm. without talking about it again.
0: (laughs) So kind of like with me cuz I did not talk about it for a long time after seeing it cuz I was just like I were supposed to be happy about this so I was
1: struggling the entire time to find uh the empowerment mm-hmm. bits of it that something that I could point to and be okay I can see how this might make someone feel empowered, you know, to to be themselves kind of thing. And it's like I know, uh, this sounds bad, I don't want to say that beggars can't be choosers, because I know that there's not very much, it's getting better now. Yeah. But for a long time, there has not been adequate representation in many communities for characters and stories that they can latch Mm -hmm. onto to uh, uh, have a sense of representation. Yeah. I wish this show wasn't one of them. Me too. Because I don't feel like it is a good, a good role model for people who. No, would be... I agree with you. <laughs> I, I it's it's
0: because, yeah, it's it's one of those things when you have our our villain who's also supposed to be like one of the main characters, and you can't like towards the end you can't tell if he's supposed to be a prote... I don't know what the message is trying to be here. Um, when you have him doing the things he does, and you, can, you end up having something that bigots can point to and go, oh, are they like this? You mean like Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, you're a bunch of freaks. Gotcha. Oh, you're a bunch yeah. of... F- I mean, he pretty much rapes... Two people, no, well, three, because one of them he created to have sex with. And so if you're trying to keep us from looking predatory, then why is the? I don't understand. And I wish, because I've seen people defend it, and I go, but are we seeing the same show? Or are you just happy that there's representation? Period.
1: The only thing I can think of along those lines is that they're so happy to see something that they can latch onto that they're willing to ignore everything else. Yeah. For the the nuggets that they mm-hmm. enjoy, um, which is not invalid. Like if you, it's you know, not, but it's it, it, it,
0: baffling. Yes. Like. <laughs> okay, I. Okay. Yeah, we could probably get into it more as we discuss. Oh boy, oh boy, can we? Yeah, because no, I I watched it expecting that maybe my view would have changed. No,
1: you know it hasn't. There's lots of things that are cult classics because they were actually really good when they got released, but maybe because of another thing that came out, it took away you know from it, so it didn't do well do well financially, and then it was mm-hmm. kind of revived years later you know mm-hmm. and kind of lived on in these other communities uh this one i can see why it didn't do well mm-hmm. initially yeah and why they had to result to some weird public display of gimmickry to uh mm-hmm. make it important yeah um yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah no i i agree yeah no um Okay, 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 okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna start this ball rolling. I don't like the big red lips singing to me at the very no, beginning. Me either. Uh, but now, if we ever do a YouTube video for our podcast, podcast that we record, I'm gonna record your lips singing <laughs> for the Jesus Christ double feature episode, and I'll make a you know a GIF of your lip singing and stash that away for later giggity Uh, oh my god (laughs) the captions however during the intro as you pointed out are actually pretty funny Mm -hmm. uh, for the people's you know their names their characters and and what their role is in the show it had a a neat little comedic uh take on the beginning Mm -hmm. like this show i definitely get the feeling that the creator didn't create it with the intention of it being taken seriously. Yeah. Like, it's meant to not be taken seriously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, it is so impossible to take seriously that I can't... I, I couldn't really even care at all about
0: mm-hmm. anybody in it. Yeah. I just... <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, especially not the leads. no, you don't care about the leads at all
1: no uh milk toast woman and milk toast man mm-hmm. were just milk toast milk toast they were just so bland and really not interesting. yeah, people uh I uh... okay mm-hmm. so we show opens up with. Giant disembodied lips singing, Mm -hmm. science fiction double feature. The giant disembodied lips fade away and were greeted to a happy event. A wedding. Yay! To which I hear Kay say, this is the part you would throw rice at the screen. Because it's a wedding and that's when Mm -hmm. you see people throwing rice. Which, disclaimer, if you don't know this in 2019, don't do that. Yeah. Because the birds that eat it die from it. Yeah, don't fucking throw rice. So don't throw rice. (laughs) Uh, If you want to do something like that, throw birdseed. Throw birdseed works the same way. It's, it's better. Do that. Uh, poor Kay, you guys. Poor Kay. This was the first time I had seen this, and I kept glancing over and looking at Kay, and uh, they were just looking at their phone, Mm -hmm. not even really watching the show a whole lot. I mean, granted, they were watching the show because they'd be like, hey, you missed this. This is what happened. Oh, oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for yeah, helping to fill I, in the gaps.
0: I had to look away so much just because I... This show makes me so mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ugh. I can't imagine why. I wrote uh, three pages of just glowing stroking off just how great the show is. <sighs> uh, the newlyweds, because uh, I had a wedding, mm-hmm. and... Uh, we learn Brad is talking to his friend who just got married, and uh, is like, oh, she's a great girl, congratulations to the both of you, I'm happy, yada yada. The mm-hmm. newlyweds drive off in their va- vandalized car, uh, leaving Brad holding his dick while Janet is holding the bouquet, and staring at <laughs> Brad with doe eyes. Brad looks, like, worried that he's going to be expected to marry Janet since she caught the bouquet. But then he goes into a song and dance and proposes to her a little bit of mixed emotions being acted on screen, in my opinion, because when he sees Janet catch the bouquet, he has this look of like, like he like, he does that thing that you do in movies where it's like, Oh shit. And they like touch their forehead. Like they're wiping away cold sweats. Like, Oh, Oh no, Mm -hmm. this expectation is mounting. And then the two of them go off to kind of walk around and talk. And, uh, Janet's like, aren't they just such a cute couple? Oh boy, they're just so sweet. I sure would like to get married. And Brad is being very jittery, like he's very nervous, very anxious, just kinda like and but then he goes into the hole. He he had the ring on him and was Mm -hmm. ready to propose. So why do we have this weird mixed Emotional state of him like, oh shit, she's expecting me to propose. Good thing I brought this wedding ring to propose to her with.
0: The only thing I can think of is to make it so that when the things that happen towards the end happen, it feels more like it's a sexual awakening or something. But at the same time, it's like, but he wanted to, he obviously was prepared to do it and wanted to do this, so... So why you are sending mixed emotions here and mixed signals? Pick a fucking, <laughs> just, just pick, oh just my... you're about, you're about to say pick a fucking tone.
1: I just, yes. I just pick a fucking tone. That's like your catchphrase. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Pick a oh tone. My God. Pick a tone. Worse than Weber would. That. <laughs> so, uh, after the song and dance number in which, uh, so, so uh, after Brad and Dammit Janet have their dance in a church that is setting up for a funeral, we are greeted by a narrator? Investigator? A the narrating investigator who sets up the apparent disappearance story regarding Brad and it, Janet. Since <clears throat> these two normal, healthy kids who went to visit a former tutor and friend, it appears, mis- uh, under mysterious circumstances, uh, disappeared. Because... I I'm gonna have some questions for you about the ending. See how it ties into the beginning. Yeah. If if we have the brain power to to care to try and and uh, patchwork it together. Yeah. So, uh, Brad and Janet, uh, the the uh, narrator slash investigator slash criminologist, criminologist whatever he is. He he's talking about how they went to go visit their friend. Uh, Dr. Scott, and then it just transitions immediately into them driving in a rainstorm on their way to go visit uh, Dr. Scott. Of course, their trip goes awry as the couple hits a dead end on the road that they're traveling down. Brad's failure to ensure their vehicle was up to snuff for travel has doomed the young couple. Brad decides to abandon his partner and head to a spooky castle that they had passed earlier to see if they have a phone. Damn it, Janet is like, damn it, Brad, I'm coming with you. I don't want you hooking up with any hot vampire chicks at this haunted old castle. Mm. Which she actually does have the line of like, what if that telephone belongs to a beautiful woman? I might never see you again. That would have been your game, Janet. Yeah. Uh, You're probably the better character in this whole show. Mm-hmm. But that's not saying much. Yeah. Uh, what's Susan Sarandon?
0: Yes, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, it's y- you have conflicting feelings because it's like this movie sucks, but damn Susan.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Damn Susan. Do you, uh mm-mm. Mm-mm. I've, I've only seen her uh, in later films. Hmm. Never saw her like that before.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's one of those uh, things
1: where it's like. Hmm. I think that's probably the only part of the movie that I will take away with me, is Susan Sarandon in her underwear.
0: For me, Susan Sarandon and Columbia, who? Which one's Columbia? She is the one who was attracted to Eddie and who okay. is one of the few characters that I actually feel bad for in this. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> I have I have lines about her later. I for, did didn't know what no. is as, as standard practice with me. Nobody goes oh, by no, their regular you're names.
0: You're fine. So...
1: Uh, the couple leaves their car that uh, now has a flat tire and walk back down the rainy road to the creepy haunted castle that they had previously passed. Mm. The couple disregards a warning sign on the bars of the castle grounds saying, enter at your own risk, because mm-hmm. the plot dictates it. And they wipe people. I de- <laughs> Don't lump us all into into bad, uh, horror tropes, okay? Uh, cause I'll tell you what, Kay, if we were in a similar situation as these folks, I'd not be approaching a creepy-ass castle in the, at night, during a storm, while singing, I just don't want to. I, this seems very, very, oh. uh, impractical. No. You and I would be just waiting in that car, going, I guess we'll wait until... We'll wait until morning rain or clears, something. and then we'll go. We'll just, we'll just wait. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll find a way to keep ourselves warm.
0: Mm-hmm. They could've done that. They're would've been fine. <laughs> they would've been perfectly fine. You just wait there until the rainstorm ends and then you're good. It's not like it's snowing or shit. all so, <sighs> They
1: ignore the sign saying enter at your own risk and go through the castle grounds up to the door. And Janet tells Brad, Hey, let's not do this. I'm scared. To which Brad lovingly and very sensitively replies, Quiet, woman. A man is taking charge. Pretty much. Brad knocks on the door. And creepy ass bald hunchback tells them to come in. Oh, he has blood on his shirt, and neither Brad or Janet seem to give a crap about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good uh, good start for entering uh, creepy castle that mm-hmm. you don't know the owners to is when the uh manservant who opens the door has blood covering him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm you know, maybe he was working in the kitchen. You know, maybe it's some red paint, raspberry jam, maybe? No. <laughs> But, it turns out, Brad and Janet are lucky. They're lucky to be here on this special night. Everyone is dropping acid and doing some time traveling. <laughs> the strain of which is too much for Janet, who keeps fainting during this iconic scene-slash-song, interspersed with scenes of the narrator-slash-investigator dancing on his desk, because... musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the time warp scene, which this is the only song that I have heard outside of this show,
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: just in the world. I don't even remember where I've heard it, but I've just, as soon as it was like, Let's do the time warp Mm
0: -hmm. again, I was like, okay, I'm familiar with that. I think that song is most people's first exposure to this show, because that was my first exposure to it, because I was 11 and we had a CD of uh, Dr. Demento, stuff, and that was a song that was played on there a lot, and so, I knew that song from that, but I never had seen Rocky Horror Picture Show until I was older, but... You know, um,
1: I don't think I liked the music in this show very much. No. Uh, Time Warp, uh, it... I don't even like Time Warp, but I have a feeling that it's going to get stuck in my brain a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the only song that will. Because if you asked me to pick any song, any scene that happened, and was there anything that I thought was catchy? No. No, -hmm. not really. Mostly just bizarre. And sometimes horrifying. Yeah. yeah.
0: I also have a funny anecdote. Our school used to do the time warp for any school dance. Now, when, school you worked at, school you went to? No, school to. I went to. not not The school that I worked at didn't even do school dances, so it's, yeah, no. <laughs> so we're back
1: in the time warp room. Everyone in the room, except Janet and Brad passes out from the strain brought on by time-traveling, I assume. Janet tells Brad that she's scared and wants to leave. Brad is way too uh, open-minded, in my opinion, in Mm -hmm. this particular scene. Uh, Janet has the right of it and uh, wants to get out before the... Let's see. Janet has the right of it. Get out! Get out before the master of these minions comes for you! Oh, too late. (laughs) It's Tim Dragula, and he's here to cement himself into tonight's... (laughs) <laughs> into Warren's uh, nightmares for tonight, Dracula was only here. Uh, let's see, Dracula was only here to weird out his guests and then invite them up to his laboratory. So, as everyone's passed out on the floor after doing the time warp, uh, Brad and Janet are like discussing as they're backing up away from the room sl- towards this elevator that's that's descending behind them. And Janet's like, this is scary, I want to go. And Brad's like, oh, these people might be from Europe. They might just have strange customs. We wouldn't want to interrupt the festivities of their party. To which I'm just sitting in the audience like you, th- you dumb, you dumb, mm-hmm. you dumb. Like, yeah, you go ahead. Res- respect people's uh, cultural differences and the way that they celebrate. But if it's weird... You can get the fuck out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I agree with Janet in this. They they they, they should have gone. Yeah, you you did a dumb, Brad. You did a dumb, and now you're gonna pay for this it. This movie would have been so much shorter if it had been us. <laughs> <laughs> What'd be funny is to actually do uh, some iconic things uh, if it happened to black people, <laughs> and just have them be like, "Hell, nope, we're gone. Like, we're gone. Let's yep. go wait in the car." <laughs> exactly. So. Dracula brings the happy couple up to his laboratory, and a creepy butler hunchback proceeds to strip Janet and Brad down to their underwear. Then the two naked lovebirds are ushered into the elevator and brought up to Dracula's laboratory. Brad is angry with Dracula for giving them the runaround and not letting them use his phone. On a side note, Tim Curry is acting the fuck out of this role. Yes. Uh, Also, Janet and Brad have reversed their roles. Now, Janet is the one telling Brad not to be rude, and Brad wants the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. Damn it, Janet, stop clapping. Uh, (coughs) Tim Curry absolutely steals the show in Mm -hmm. this. Tim Curry is... Cranked up to motherfucking 11.
0: Yeah. He he was... This is the most Tim Curry role. <laughs> as much as I don't like
1: this show, I still love Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. And I have very strange feelings about Tim Curry now. <laughs> because I love Tim Curry. But this... Like, I love his, his performance and his acting and being just this over the top character, but I also really don't like his character. It's a mm-hmm. very, very bizarre maelstrom of emotions I'm feeling within myself right now. Yeah. Dracula says he's discovered the secret to the essence of life and is unveiling his creation a mummy in an aquarium. Hunchback Butler lowers a food coloring machine, which Dragula proceeds to milk like a cow into the mummy's aquarium. You heard that right, devoted listeners, and it does not need to be repeated under threat of an aneurysm by my brain. Yeah. The mummy comes out of the tank, and he's a handsome, fit, platinum blonde who everybody proceeds to fawn over as he sings about the Sword of Damocles hanging over his head, and he fears for his life... I think pretty sure Damocles was the god or demigod of vengeance, so I don't know why he's singing about the sword of Damocles. Uh I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh Dracula is horny for Mummy Stein and chases him around. Uh Dracula is like look at him. Isn't he gorgeous? One of the henchmen is like, yeah, he's alright. To which Dracula throws a fit, dragging Mummy Stein over to Janet and Brad, asking what they think of him. Janet does the typical, I'm going to spare my man's ego by saying that I don't care for an abundance of muscles. But we all saw the way you were oogling him, Janet. You're leaving a puddle behind you with every step. (laughs) But sure, you totally are not into mummy stein, which is good, because Dracula didn't make mummy stein for her. After she has her line of like, well, I don't care for a lot of muscles on a guy, and then she looks over at Brad, and Brad's like, yeah, bullshit. Like, he has that Mm -hmm. look that every guy gets when their girl is like, oh, that person's too muscly. I like you. And we're like, "Uh uh-huh. But
0: if I looked like him, you wouldn't object. (laughs) Ugh. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. No, Uh, I really don't like... That's that's one of those things that I look at Rocky and I'm like, okay, yeah, Rocky,
1: I, I, yeah, I'm I'm a <laughs> Whatever. little I'm a little bi for Rocky. Not gonna lie, that's fine. Uh, yeah, not gonna. You can be. Mom, uh, Mummy Stein made my zombie rise from the grave a little bit. Um,
0: <laughs> See, I felt that's one of the things where I do feel bad for Rocky too, because you know that he's just come into the world. He's and a baby. Already, yeah, he's a baby, and already he's. He's basically there to be fucked. He's a baby being sexualized. He's a baby. He's He's got terminal baby disease. He's a baby. He does have terminal baby disease. He He dies as a baby. Yeah, he dies as a baby.
1: Spoilers. Um, Yeah. Dracula leads Mummy Stein away from the confused couple and presents him a gift weights, a weight set. Painted like cotton candy. Or not cotton candy, Jesus Christ. Painted like candy canes. (laughs) Yeah, painted like candy. Fun, how do you paint something to look like cotton candy? Like,
0: is there a specific cotton candy color? Uh, yes, pink and blue. Like cotton candy (sighs) garnet. God damn it, you (laughs) win, Kay. Oh, and, uh...
1: During this scene, where uh, uh, Mummy Stein is flexing and ripping some hot curls with his uh candy cane weights making some sweet gains bro getting some sweet gains uh lobotomized elvis presley busts through the wall on a motorcycle like the kool-aid man late for an Meat AA wolf. meeting uh elvis zombie sings for a bit very awkwardly i might add and at Because at one point, oh, sorry, he sings and dances for a bit, very awkwardly, I might add, because at one point, he's literally just rolling around on the floor with this woman, and it looks very bulky and awkward. I Mm -hmm. think that's... That's with Columbia. Columbia, thank you. I was struggling to remember her name, even though you said it like five minutes ago. (laughs) Uh, This meatloaf, great guy, I'm sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't dance where the shit should oh, no. not be given the dancing role unless he's going to pull a Warren and just do the white boy shuffle
0: because <laughs> anybody can do the white boy shuffle. It's genetic. You know, it's kind of funny. He plays uh, that Meatloaf plays this character who ends up not quite Meatloaf, but um... <laughs> uh, yeah, we will make that
1: joke when we get to it. Awesome. So, so <laughs> yeah, so, so Meatloaf, uh, zombie Elvis is singing and dancing around in this room and he tries to steal one of Dracula's wenches, Columbia, who Kay had mentioned, and is brutally murdered with a pickaxe. Turns out Dracula has vaults of weirdos somewhere in the building and sometimes they break free and run amok in Mm -hmm. song and dance, which is punishable by death. According to count Dracula, uh, It's actually a pretty bloody scene. Mm -hmm. I was actually quite surprised. And then he just laughs it off. Yeah. It just, ha, 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 ha. And everybody just goes about their business. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mummy Stein is upset that Dracula murdered zombie Elvis. But Dracula is like, oh, don't fret, baby. It was a mercy for me to brutally murder him. He didn't have any hot muscles like you. He's useless. Mummy Stein seems fine with that, and the two get married, right there, and then walk away ten feet to bang behind a curtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that I I grappled with the entirety of that scene. You don't yeah. feel the need to expand upon it no. anymore. No. Kate looks like she's battling with a migraine right now. Just yes. so you folks know. <laughs> The investigator slash narrator slash criminologist slash recounts what we just watched and is like, yeah, people started to leave, and so Janet and Brad get their own room. Uh, but little do the two know that there were cameras in their room. Oh, and reality also might be illusion. If that's the case, Brad and Janet are fine. Brad comes into bang Janet. In her room, because I guess they have separate rooms. But it turns out that it's actually Dracula cheating on his new husband with another man's fiance. Janet is like, "Promise you won't tell Brad." First, she's like, "Okay, no, okay. no, yeah. she's sh- the consent
0: is not there." Fair. fair. <laughs> First, she's like,
1: "Oh, you tricked me! Get away! Oh no, I would never have done it. I mm-hmm. thought you were Brad." But then he's like, "Oh, but you kind of liked it." She's like, "Yeah, I did." You promise you won't tell
0: Brad. Mm, and that's dubious consent at best. Uh, yeah. I don't like it, and I yeah. especially don't like it in a character that's supposed to make us feel empowered. <laughs> Fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah.
1: So after Dracula seduces and starts to bang Janet, uh, for some reason we are cut to Hunch Butler chasing off mummy stein for some reason fire scary mummy stein who is chained to the bed he's chained to the bed and Mm. hunch butler grabs a candelabra and like thrusts it at him Mm -hmm. to which mummy stein is like fire and he breaks the chain and runs off uh
0: and he doesn't look happy about the fact he was chained up. Like I get He if doesn't you know any like, better. Remember, he's just a baby. Yeah, I, that's again dubious consent right there. You can't hey, babies can't consent. I don't hear you complaining when you're chained to the bed. Um Yeah, because I consent. <laughs> <laughs> also, There's a
1: difference. <laughs> also, Dracula fucks Brad too.
0: Damn it, Brad.
1: Then Janet launches into a bunch of If only, if only, if only, if only the car hadn't broke down, if only we hadn't had to come here, if only I hadn't just rolled over and let a strange man fuck me, things wouldn't be so awkward. She then sees Brad on camera with Dracula and gets all, how could you, Brad? Ugh. I mean, I did it, but how could you? It, so both Janet and Brad have the, no. No, I thought you were the other person. I'm not going to have sex with you. Oh, well, if you won't tell them, then I guess I will. Yeah. Like, they both do the exact same thing with Dracula, which I thought was a really dumb thing for both of them to mm-hmm. to just...
0: <sighs> yeah. Okay. No, consent doesn't... It, it's... ah, <sighs> <sighs> You know, yeah. and funny enough for me, it's not even the consent thing, it's the cheating thing. That too, but That's like, what bothers me. Both things bother me, but... When you're sitting here going, oh, this is supposed to... When people are holding this up as good representation, that's one of those things that people say, oh, if you're gay or if you're trans or if you're bi, you're going to be a rapist and you're not going to let people consent. That's where I get pissed because I'm like, this is shitty representation. We deserve better. Very interesting. And there, I mean... Not mainstream, but, I don't know, I just, I sit here and I go, we shouldn't have had to have this be the best for so long.
1: You know, just because something is popular doesn't mean that it's good. No. Just because something's good doesn't mean
0: that it's popular. it's, It's one of those things, too, that then it's, when you have... I, I just still think about the stuff that Richard O'Brien or that Richard yeah, Richard O'Brien said in that Pink News article. I sit here and go, You should have kept your damn mouth shut because now I'm watching this whole thing with what you've said in the back of my mind. <laughs> and what is your opinion actually and, you on? You know
1: and it makes a lot more sense given what he does to Dracula at mm-hmm. the end. So it kind of, it very much makes sense his uh, personal opinion
0: about people
1: of that community.
0: Um, yeah, like, I just, I, I still get really mad. And that's that's a reason why I just, every little thing, I'm sitting here going, you motherfucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Kay is an incredibly sweet human being, so if you get them to the point where they're like that you've done fucked up. Yeah. So after Janet sees uh, Brad cheating on her with her also cheating lover, uh, Janet runs across Mummy Stein who's upset and crying about being chased off with fire and attacked by dogs as I think is perfectly reasonable. Mm -hmm. Janet's libido starts to uh, flow and she has Mummy Stein grab her chest because she wants to be dirty with a creature of the night. And the two of them have sex in his birth aquarium.
0: Mm hmm. Yep.
1: Which those are words I never thought I would ever say.
0: Nope. But they had to be said. Yep. That's what happened. After uh, the mummy
1: Stein and Janet bang in the. When I put fish tank, but now I like uh, birth aquarium. We see Dracula give a vicious flogging to Hunch Butler while they take the elevator down. Dracula is very displeased with Hunch Butler for letting Mummy Stein get away. Hunch Butler is like, "But master, there's a new victim er I mean stranger at the door. It turns out to be Doctor Scott who ja- Whoa, excuse me, who Janet and Brad had come all this way to meet. Dracula thinks Doctor Scott is here to shut down his freak show, but apparently Doctor Scott is here for Zombie Elvis. But no one seems to want to tell him that Dracula had an axe to grind with Z Elvis. <laughs> Dracula blows the lid off of uh, Janet and Mummy Stein's fling. Uh, basically, walks over to the sex aquarium as everybody's in the same room arguing, and like pulls the sheet off, and is like, "You two were fucking in here. I could smell it." Uh, <laughs> Uh And before he can undo his creation out of jealousy and rage, the dinner bell sounds, and in light of the company, clothing is optional. Yay, turkey dinner in Draculas <laughs> castle and as polite dinner <laughs> and the polite dinner song conversation is about zombie elvis's background, and how he was a rebellious punk who was always in trouble look uh, looks like he found a crowd rougher than he was. I wonder if Dracula ever picked. His brain about his past traumas. Hmm. Speaking of trauma, turns out they've been eating dinner on Zombie
0: Elvis's corpse, and possibly eating Zombie Elvis is what it's a little implied. Really, because they see them carve up a turkey. That's not turkey. That's not what a turkey is shaped like. That's shaped like a. Are you no? Because I swear that it showed like Mm -mm. the actual bird. Okay, you were. Nope. That is okay. That is a hawk. That is a people hawk. Okay.
1: Like a a haunch of leg. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my eyes played tricks on me. I thought that Mm -hmm. they were eating a turkey dinner.
0: Nope. Nope.
1: Well, thanks for that, Kay.
0: You're welcome. uh, That's two shows in one week that are uh, cannibalism musicals.
1: uh, Well, it is spoopy month. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Dracula freaks out. Mm Mm-hmm uh, at the dinner table and slaps Janet, then proceeds to chase her around the castle while Brad and Dr. Scott follow, follow via elevator because Scott's wheelchair bound. I don't remember how that happened. He wasn't wheelchair bound. At no, the he door. was. When he first showed up, he's mm-hmm. at the door.
0: Yeah. When he's first at the door, he's in his wheelchair and then they, uh, what then they... Frankenfurter hits the electromagnet. He... Yeah. Somebody he...
1: uses the electromagnet to pull him towards them, but when yeah. they're looking at him on the camera outside, i Thought, okay. Yep, he's he's in a wheelchair. I guess uh, the people in my brain were... They were
0: sparing you they're, they're during playing, most of this. I think
1: they're at their terminals, like, playing cards and mm-hmm. just talking about their fishing trip and <laughs> just letting things run on autopilot. So, wheelchair-bound, uh, Dr. Von Scott with Brad catch up to uh, Dracula and Janet... Did I miss something? Is Dracula actually an alien? Because uh, uh, I don't remember how that happened over the course of dinner and them running around into the laboratory. But then there's some hinted at thing mm-hmm. that he's an alien. Yeah. And it, granted it gets revealed later,
0: but then I'm just sitting here like, wait, did they...
1: Did they say he was an alien? They
0: hinted at it, yeah. And they, they have the line of, there's another earthling, I mean, human at the door. Which I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> For Terran, damn
1: it. Dracula lured everyone into his statue room, where he uses magic alien technology to turn Brad, Dr. Scott, and Janet into marble statues. One of Dracula's groupies is in a huff. This is uh, Columbia. Mm-hmm. I guess she was with Dracula and then got dumped for Zombie Elvis, who then got dumped for Mummy Stein. So much drama with these Transylvanians. Dracula bitches and moans about how everyone he loves turns against him. He says that, in a room full of petrified former guests. On a side note, don't you hate it when the unexpected guest shows up and just hangs around like a lump of stone, taking up room, not <laughs> contributing. <laughs> on to the next scene! God damn! Turns out they dressed up Brad, Janet, Mummystein, and Dr. Scott in the same lingerie outfit. So while they're petrified in stone, they put clothing on them, then took them downstairs and put them on a stage, and they're in like the same style of clothing that uh, Dracula was wearing when we first saw him, so it's like corset, feather, uh, what's it called? Feather boa. Feather boa, thank you. Fishnets. Fishnets. Like, just, just that look. The what? same sort of makeup. Same sort of makeup, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, not even that. They have, like, fucking clown makeup on is what mm-hmm. they look like. But it's supposed to be similar. Similar, yeah. It. It's similar, but but worse. <laughs> Somehow. uh <laughs> And uh, so they have them dressed up in lingerie on stage, and they proceed to unpetrify each of them one by one as they burst into song and dance about feeling transformed. Speaking of transformations, the Transylvanian transsexual transvestite joins the group and sings to the audience about giving yourself over to absolute pleasure. And the and his words of wisdom: "Don't dream it, be it.
0: Don't dream it." And I sit here and I go, wow, that's, you know, an interesting word of wisdom. Too bad that you're doing this hypersexualizing people and making. Because I sit here and I think about things that people have said about members of the LGBT community. And a lot of them have seen this show. And I sit here and I go, not it's valid that some people are like that, that some people do like the hypersexualization of but not all of us are, and some people will use that to hurt us, you know
1: and and I think that, uh, if I had seen this years ago, it might have made me scared of trans people,
0: yeah, that's why I'm so yeah. mad at the show because I feel like. Because this is written by a person who doesn't think that trans women are women, yeah. this and is written by a person who has said some really shitty thing about things about trans people, and in this movie, uh, he makes the character who is talking
1: about how they're trans this horribly abusive uh manipulative, yeah, cruel individual.
0: Uh, yeah, it's 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 shitty. It's grotesque and. I, I sit here and I just, I keep, I keep thinking about, yeah, some people find it empowering when it's something super sexualized because a lot of people feel empowered that way. And I keep going, am I the weird, am I weird for no. not feeling empowered at all and in fact feeling even shittier about myself with this movie? I don't think so. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I'm glad, because well, I, just, I just sit here and I just go, what the
1: fuck? Let me put it this way. I am much, I'm much more grateful that this show gives you the heebie-jeebies versus mm-hmm. you
0: want to live this show. No, and I don't get the people who are wanting to live this show every day, because there are some people who are super obsessed with this show, and I don't understand it. And... When I sit here and I hear people say how groundbreaking this one is, especially for, like, sexual revolution and stuff, all I can think of is Hair. Hair does a better job with sexual revolution stuff than this show, and it was before it. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm like, if you want that, go to that one, because this one, it's written by someone who doesn't think that you're valid, and who thinks that if you're gonna, I just,
1: ugh. I definitely get the feeling that this show was uh, written to be a spectacle.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I don't... I mean, it's, its roots are not in the LGBT community. It's in glam rock.
1: Yeah. They just
0: happen to use terms that were in the community at the time, like the term of being a transvestite was in the community. But... That wasn't his main theme in the show. He was supposed to be going... Or he was wanting it to be more on glam rock. Which is not the same thing. Because there are a lot of cis straight men who do glam rock and who dressed in that way and who were not LGBT. And I don't know if they were allies even in the glam rock community. I mean, fucking Kiss is close to that, if you think about it. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. Yeah that's where it led that's where glam rock led to and fucking gene simmons is a piece of shit he's he's not a uh, like that's what this is this isn't this isn't supposed to be our community this is supposed to be glam rock but because of the words used it's easy to say oh they're representing us this is they're saying, they're mentioning us, and it's like, but this person doesn't doesn't think that you're valid if you want to fulfill what makes you feel better. And just says that you're not a woman. Yeah. And that's bullshit. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Sorry, I wasn't going to go on that, and I'm just... <sighs> ah. Ah. If it makes you feel any better, Kay.
1: Any attempted sequels to this atrocity fell on their face and never happened. Thank fucking God. It will only live on <laughs> as a cult classic. And I used that term, mm. unfortunately. Mm. <sighs> so back to this thing. Dragula giving the one bit of wisdom: Don't dream it. Be it splashing around. In a pool that was secretly hidden on stage but obscured by mist, seems like a hazard to me. Uh, his workers should contact OSHA. <laughs> then uh, the rest of them jump into the pool, and I—I I don't know. Are they swim orgy? Yes, that's the only way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Swim orgying, because the way that Dracula—he's in—he's got a one of those ring things that you. are sitting in with your butt, can't remember what they're called, whatever, uh, water. <laughs> an inner tube? Something like that. Similar, I don't think it was like a inner tube as we know them now. It was yeah, like it's, it's more
0: of a life preserver yeah. type.
1: But he's sitting into it, just splashing around, floating in the pool, singing just repeatedly, Don't dream it, be it. Mm-hmm. Don't dream. But he's like orgasming while he do, he's like, Don't dream it, be it, don't <laughs> dream it, be it. <laughs> Uh, and then Brad, Janet, and, uh, Mummy Stein all jump into the pool and are just groping each other and rubbing bodies in the pool, just Mm -hmm. swim orgy. Yeah. Just, just,
0: I don't. It's just, it's
1: like because, they're, it's like Dracula is just so sexually magnetic that they just can't keep themselves away yeah. from him.
0: And I'm sure that there's a thing of saying that, oh, this is them finally exploring sexuality. But I I have an issue with that with the line that Brad's saying, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. But it's something like, it, it, it was to the tune of, to the... uh it was in the tone of, like, please, mommy, save me, or something oh my like God. that.
1: He, and he's in the pool, yeah. He and it's about like, his mommy.
0: It's like that's not someone wanting to do what they're doing. That's, that's really fucking weird phrasing that you're doing here. Yeah. That's why I sit here and go, they're not consenting to this. <sighs> the characters are not actually consenting. They are not under their own control, and they you even see that with Dr. Scott with his legs moving past his control because he's a paraplegic, and so, he, he, like, he's not in control of himself either, so it's like, what the fuck, Richard? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Dick,
1: what was your thought behind that?
0: God. God!
1: Speaking of Dick, it turns out that Hunch Butler and uh, Servant Woman Magenta have had enough ...of Dracula's shit. They want to make him go back home, but he convinces them to give him one more song about all the blue skies he's seen through all the tears in his eyes and how he realized he's going home. This is sung to an audience of mirages who appear in this vacant theater, applaud, then disappear. Because I guess that's not any stranger than anything else here. Mm. So... When they're all fraternizing in the pool, that's when it makes the reveal. Like that's when uh, Hunch Butler and Magenta show up. They're like, "We're leaving. You're done. Like wrap it up, Dracula." And he's like, "Oh, fine. I'll finish this up. You all are so mean to me." But but they're like, and then after he does his weird song and dance number about blue skies and tears in his eyes to a room full of ghost people mm-hmm. all of a sudden hunch butler i'm gonna start calling him hunch butler McDick dick brian um <laughs> i'll just call him dick dick and magenta are suddenly wearing really cheesy 50s alien space uniforms mm-hmm. uh very that was one of those things that i'm like ah, very easy to tell that it's inspired by like a B movie. Old school B science fiction movies like the way that every alien was dressed. Mm-hmm. Uh and they are going to kill Dracula for his lifestyle. It
0: sounds like that mm-hmm. that is why they're murdering him. Mm-hmm. Is his uh his fucking every human that he comes across. His hedonistic
1: lifestyle. I mean I don't disagree with their choice, because I don't like Dracula, Mm -hmm. but Dracula gets the zappy-zap from a trident laser and dies, to which Mummy Stein is- They're killing
0: him for the wrong reason. (laughs) That's
1: exactly right. To which Mummy Stein is very upset. He picks up Dracula's body- and Dick tries to pew-pew him too, but the red laser beams bounce off of Mummy Stein's pectoral perfection. Mummy Stein carries Dracula, uh, Dragcula's body up the radio tower model that was on stage, all while being blasted from behind. Giggity. The poorly constructed set uh, model collapses and kills Mummy Stein, whose mighty muscles were not enough to save him from the collapsing set. His body floats in the pool with Dracula. And, uh. Yeah. Hunch Butler, Dick, and Magenta tell Brad and Janet and Dr. Scott that they can go. And I fucking called it these clowns are aliens from the planet transsexual, cuz. In the galaxy of Transylvania. Cuz fucking reasons. I guess O'Brien also just. Fuck yeah, fuck you. The entire fucking <laughs> castle is also a spaceship and flies away. The investigator slash narrator has a line about how humans are insects on the world, or something like that. I don't know, I'm probably missing parts of that, but honestly, it's the end of the show. I didn't really care for the show, probably because I'm a cis white male, if I were to pick one reason why I didn't like the show.
0: And I don't like this show because it's shitty representation, and it's not good. It's not. It's so, not even so bad, it's good, yeah, it's just bad see and
1: now when I was watching the show, I had that thought creep up a couple times I was saying objectively like is this one of those shows that it's so bad that it turns out to be good and I'm mm-hmm. like after sitting with it for a while and watching how everything goes, it's just bad mm-hmm. like it it is just bad, yeah, and i I kind of have mental health concerns for people who have latched... Okay, so, so let me rephrase that. If you're part of the LGBTQ community, when this movie came out and there was negative representation, there was nothing out there at all for people of that community to have, and they found some little kernel of something in this mm-hmm. and clung onto it, Okay, I can kind of I can mm-hmm. kinda of wrap my brain around that rationale, uh, under the the guidelines of beggars can't be choosers type of thing. Yeah. Um however now, if you're if you are thirty years old or younger and part of the LGBT community, there is no reason to think that this show is is
0: good for that community. I don't know a ton of people who are our age or younger who think that. I do know a few. And I seriously question what they have seen outside of this show. And see, that's what I mean is that- Because if they've- Because there's other shows that exist now. We have more representation. And we have representation where the LGBT folks are human.
1: Yes. They are not freaks and monsters and aliens.
0: Yeah, we have that now. It's not a ton of it, but we have it and it's good. It's it's better than it's ever been. And even at that time, even though it's not like... Even though the only real representation we get in hair is Woof, who's bi, he's still human.
1: And granted he's a slut, but so is everybody in that show. Everybody
0: in that show, but they are consenting yes, in it, yes, it's which free is a love. huge thing yes. that isn't in this. They don't have that aspect in this. No, it's a
1: lot of mindfuckery and pressuring.
0: Yeah, it's not healthy. And it it really worries me with that, because it, I, I sit here and I go, this explains... And even when I saw it the first time, I was like, wow, this explains some things that I've heard... From people who are judgmental towards me and towards people like me. If this is your exposure to our community, I can see why you're saying that. It's not right, but I can see why you're saying it. It's like <laughs> if all of the. Yes? You finish your thought and then I have a great analogy. I, I just. This will sound horrible, but it feels like an LGBT minstrel show. That is fucking
1: genius. That's that is, what it feels that like is so to me. So accurate. Because that's perfect. I
0: sit here and I go the smacks of fucking Eddie Cantor and Al Jolson, but for for LGBT folks, for yeah. it, it just that's what it smacks of to me. Because and I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it feels like to me, and that's why I can't. Like this show. So coming as a straight white male
1: who is aware of minstrel shows and has seen some of that in terms of, you know, uh, historical context, Mm -hmm. and then also seeing this, I think that is a very accurate thing Mm -hmm. to say is because they're taking, you know, uh, they're taking something about another person and making it a costume, a character, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and not not taking care of for
0: the damage that they're doing by doing that. Yeah, because I'd love to be able to take off my skin sometimes and not look the way that I do. I'd love to be able to be... I'd love to not have to deal with the stigma. But I can't. And that's the same thing here. It's it's a fucking minstrel show. Rocky Horror Picture Show
1: is to trans... Uh... I shouldn't say... Is to trans people what marijuana is to Reefer Madness? Yes. Is the analogy like Like, it, it is that accurate. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of...
0: Yeah, in that case, innosanity. this is Reefer Madness. It, it makes sense why Reefer Madness saved this movie. It shouldn't have, but it did. And I'm just sitting here going... Because I... And, like, I don't want to invalidate Richard because Richard has stated, you know, that he feels like sometimes he's a little fluid. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, you could have done better. And after the fact, you could have said better. The fact that you said what you said in 20-fucking-17, and then again I see it pop up in a Daily Mail article this fucking year, I'm like, why? Why? You know that we are getting murdered.
1: I think it's in the same vein as, uh, as, uh, oh, crap. We were talking about her earlier. <sighs> Former tennis player. Cait- Caitlin Jenner.
0: Um tennis. Wasn't she a tennis player? I thought, oh, maybe? Maybe? Whatever. I mean, anyways. I don't do re- sports. Yeah, but... whatever. It's But I think the
1: reason that Dick does that is the same reason that uh, after Caitlyn transitioned she was on Ellen talking about how she doesn't agree with homosexuals and their left... It's this, yeah. It's, this, it's the same kind of irrational disconnect that you can be... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it would be the equivalent of me saying I think that... Uh, Interracial relationships are disgusting and should not be allowed. Yeah, Except, I mean, my mine's fine because mm-hmm. I say it's fine, but or maybe you know, oh well, a Hispanic person can't be with an Asian. That's just disgusting. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> the brain cells floating around in people's skulls are not communicating properly.
0: Yeah, because um, it, it's it's like. It's it's like the gatekeeping that happens in the LGBT community. It's like the oh well, if you're bi but married to a man, you're not bi enough. Or yeah. if you're uh, trans but you're not transitioning. Or if you're trans but you are transitioning. Then it's, it's, if you're if you're a trans woman and you're just I I see it all the time and.
1: It's the exclusionary othering that is in so many communities that doesn't need to be. It's like Mm -hmm. people have the, well, you're not, you haven't suffered the same way I have suffered, so therefore you're not Mm -hmm. X enough. You haven't been through what I've been through, so therefore you're not Y enough or, you know, it's 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 just it's the yeah. unnecessary uh spreading of additional suffering mm-hmm. for people who are in the same community and should be bolstering each other. Yeah. Rather than tearing each other down. So
0: Yeah, and I feel like Richard kinda does that with this show. Because not everyone comes away with that feeling of, oh this is what they're like. You know But enough people do. <laughs> he, you know, that's the thing is like
1: I'd said, uh in my ignorant sheltered existence if I had seen this when I was younger I would have come away with it thinking that transvestites were or transsexual trans people in general were scary or, mm-hmm. or weird or something because me being me I would have oh I saw the movie and said
0: it was a transsexual so must mm-hmm. be representative of how they are. How transgender people are. <sighs> if, if, is... mm. yeah, it's okay. It pisses. Yeah. okay. Your mantra needs to be, it's a good thing this isn't more popular. Except this is wildly popular, and that scares me sometimes. Is it
1: wildly popular?
0: At least in October. And, I mean, it's got a cult following. A lot of people reference it. Um, It's popular enough that it affects people. So let's do an experiment. Let's
1: remove any political uh, underlining things regarding... um, LGBT community, if let's just examine this as just a musical movie. Still sucks.
0: Yeah, it's still shitty. <laughs> still sucks. Uh, There's like has three memorable songs. One There's... if you're me. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. My final thoughts for this. What can I say?
0: <clears throat>
1: what I can say is, I'm not planning to do the time warp again. I'll leave that to the sp- I'll leave that to the space taints from Planet Transfuckery.
0: Yeah, I just I god, I hate uh I, I hate this movie. Yeah, like I, I was not Re- looking re-watching forward rewatching it. I hate it. I was not looking forward to recording
1: this particular episode. Mm-mm. Um but, but now hey, it's done. We've done it. We've done we've it. We've done it. We got through it together, Kay.
0: Yep, and uh I kind of feel like people would have to pay us to watch the stage version. Because... I'll tell you what...
1: I'll bring... other things to throw.
0: Well, you don't throw things at the stage version, it's just the midnight showings at the movie. And the stage version, I don't know, no, it's probably not any better with regards to these themes. And the whole dubious consent and shit. Really?
1: I don't want to give Dick O'Brien any more coverage over his shitty show. Yeah, I... Has Dick done any other shows, or is this his only claim to fame? He's done other
0: shows, like Shock Treatment and...
1: Oh, other probably Mm -hmm. not good stuff. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's... I looked on TV Tropes, because I saw that he had an entry, and this is the only show, and they put him as a one-hit wonder, basically. Which I'm like, yeah,
1: good. What's his fucking damage, I wonder? Like I don't for know. him, For him to be the way he is, but then be like, yeah, but these people are gross.
0: I don't know. And I know that he's been married three times or something, three different women, but... I'm sure that they were all the problem. No, I don't. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I wonder if it's the culture he grew up in, because, I mean, England was pretty homophobic for a long time. Uh, I don't know if that's what it is. And transphobic for a long time, too. I think that it's pretty recent that being trans is even slightly acceptable in England. Um, I know that fucking TERFs try to take over the Pride Parade all the time, which also fuck off TERFs. Um, yeah, I just... No, it's... it's... This is my, this might be one of my least favorite musicals, but I didn't want to, I, I already had tainted it a little bit to you, but I didn't want to drop that bomb on you yet. <laughs> you no, know, the other thing is like, I,
1: I have not been clam, I have not been asking you, when are we going to do Rocky Horror? When are we going to do Rocky mm-hmm. Horror? Okay. Okay. I really want to do Rocky Horror. So yeah. I knew that it was coming down the pipe eventually. Yeah. And I was just going to have to, uh, put that barrel to my chin
0: and, uh, let it yeah. rip. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe it's just the way that I was brought up, or if it's my own personal. I don't know. I don't know what it is, because I sometimes feel like I'm the weird one for being non-binary and bi and fucking hating this show, and thinking that it is, it is a minstrel show for trans people, but that's how for trans and bi people. But that's how it feels to me. And I feel bad saying it, because I know there are a ton of people who this show is super important to, but man, it just... It fucking pisses me off.
1: Yeah. I absolutely
0: understand why. Yep. So... (sighs) Next week, there is no cannibalism. There is no... Transphobia, because, shockingly, that's not the case in the next week, even though the same person responsible for Electra did, <laughs> did the show that we're going to be doing next week, because next week is episode 40. And I already know what show it is.
1: This is probably one of the, this has got to be in the top five most iconic shows mm-hmm. that I have never seen. Yep. But I've seen it referenced to High Heaven. I know a bit about it just from spoofs and from hearing people talk about it.
0: And yet I have never, ever, ever seen any version of it. We will be watching Phantom of the Opera. Which, you know, after some of the other shows I've seen, I think I'm going to enjoy it.
1: (laughs) You hear that, Weber? This will be the first time my wife's ever enjoyed you.
0: Well, I mean, when I was a child, I enjoyed you Cats and pastor. Joseph, but I don't know. After after uh, this last episode and after uh, the last Weber show that we watched, I might actually change my opinion on Phantom of the Opera. And I think that
1: in an effort, so the people in my brain all started paying attention at the same time, and they were like trying to play catch up because they've been tuning in and out and they went, wait, she said, Ca-, "She cats uh, and Joseph, oh, they must be talking about Weber. Quick, what's everything that you know about Weber? And my brain made uh, a meme inside my head. <laughs> and it's a orange cat sitting inside of a toy train with a technicolor coat around him <laughs> and a
0: phantom mask. singing don't cry for me argent well you don't know that one yet but yeah yeah that's except for that we didn't have Jesus Christ superstar in there anywhere but we'll we'll make a tank
1: or a jet or something
0: <laughs> 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 yeah um yeah i'm I'm actually looking forward to next week because look- it won't be depressing. It won't yeah. be. I'm I'm looking forward to it just because I know that it's really popular, mm-hmm. and so I I at least hope that I like it somewhat. I may have to leave the room during "Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again," but that's my own personal damage. So you do you, boob, <laughs>
1: boob, I My my brain was like, "You do you, boo," and then. My brain was like, don't you fucking say that. And <laughs> call her babe. Call her babe instead. And they, uh, they compromised.
0: Oh, man. Boob. Yeah, so... You do you, boob. So, yeah, next week will be Phantom of the Opera. It'll be a return to some normalcy. And then uh, we'll reveal the theme for November. Which, if you're on the Discord at the Podcast Junkie Discord server, you already know what the theme for November is. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, good, it's a good theme, let me just it's say that. It's a very good theme. Very clever. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for putting up with uh, my angry ranting about this show, because I have a lot of opinions about it, and hopefully it doesn't turn too many people off. It's just, that's how I feel about this show. That's how I feel about the person who created it. Doing the research for this really fucked me up about this show, so... Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't do deep dives about creators when I'm doing these. And I should save them for when we do creator episodes, like episodes highlighting creators, instead of when I'm trying to get the context for a musical. I need to just not do that. (laughs) Because then I come away going, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Or I come away going, oh, you were inspired by Bach. Sweet. Good job. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you guys. Sorry for the ranting, and hopefully I didn't piss anyone off or offend anybody. I, I'm i sorry if I did, and if what I... Because this is just my own opinion, and... Yeah, I'm... I don't know. I'm not the be-all, say-all for non-binary folks or black folks or anything, but... That's my opinion as one. So, yeah.
1: As far as I'm concerned, you are the queen of
0: the black and LGBT. Oh, God. No, no, that's not that's not me. That's that's Laverne Cox. For, for me. Just me. Oh, just for you. Just okay. me. Okay. okay.
1: Also, I'm selfish.
0: also, and now I, and MJ Rodriguez is also a queen. Mm, love her. Anyway, um, we need to watch, uh, by the way, the Little Shop of Horrors clip with okay. her because she's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical. We're on Facebook at Tone Deaf Musical. Uh, if you want to throw uh, money our way, <laughs> we're on <a> Tone <laughs> Deaf Musical at Patreon. Um, this, this kind of took it out of me, so I'm trying to, trying to still English. Um, oh, we have a website, tonedeafmusical.com, where you can catch up on our episodes. I've got them all posted now, and... As well as links to all the places you can find us. hmm You can also find us on the Podcast Junkie Discord server, uh, which I have a link to on there as well. Uh, we have our own channel, and the place is way frickin' awesome, so I I highly recommend it. Um, you got anything you want to add, babe? I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry that... It's okay. That it made you upset. Well, we had to do it eventually, so... Better to rip the band-aid off. We'll just go get drunk in a minute. <laughs> Alright, so... Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. This has been Tom Def.